Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. the number one Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Daddy McDook. I'm joined, as always, by John, the brain sheared. And, yeah, and John, today, we have a lot to talk about because the Bengals are back. And we are playing our old nemesis, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we get to that, John, first of all, how are you on this holiday week, which I'm giving the week off early? You, you, yes, you can leave 4 p.m. on Thursday. You are free to do whatever you want. But but back in the office by what, uh, 11 that night? 6, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Okay. Yeah, but John, here's the thing. First of all, I want to talk about the introduction. Because you can watch this show also on Brinks.tv. And if you do that, I don't know if, John, have you ever been to those theaters, the luxury theaters, where they bring you food and they massage your feet? and they That is the experience you could have on Brinks.tv. So if you switch over there, you will love it. And, and really, Brinks is doing a lot of great things, John. And I want to just... I want to just review some of their most recent updates. So what I have here is, okay. They have a new podcast, John. It is called Pillow Talk. And it is hosted by Mike Lindell. Do you know, I don't know if you know who he is, but basically it is things you feel like screaming into your pillow. Like when there is unfair outcomes or results, like, like a lot of Bengals and Steelers games. And a Pillow Talk is a very popular podcast on the network right now. But uh, Courtney, correct me if I'm wrong. Ray Lewis, the Ray Lewis show, he's had a lot of great guests. And most recently he had, hold on, Henry Kissinger? <laughs> no, so because, close. <laughs> because it is... The show is about muscularity, clarity, and a championship mentality. And of course, Kissinger is the champion of developing societies and other civilizations. But they also had, on the radio show very recently, they had Julian Edelman. That's, that's a real guess that they had. That one's true. That one is true. So you want to check out Brinks.tv and subscribe it is the first three hours, I think, are free. And after that, the subscription is only $8.99 a day. Is that right, Courtney? No, all free all the time. Wow. All free all the time. So you definitely want to go there. Okay. Let us go to recap Bengals versus Raiders. Now, John, the Bengals 
okay, we're in a gritty match. And we talked about this right after the game. They had a, a, a hard-fought game, but then they pulled it out, and then they disposed of their opponents. They didn't let them hang around, and they stepped on their throats. That's what I liked about it. Well, the Raiders just made so many mistakes in that game. Yeah. And I think it was interesting how Zach Taylor said in the locker room afterwards that they were in a similar position three weeks ago when they were up by 11 to the New York Jets with less than 10 minutes to go in that game. Bengals let them back in due to poor tackling issues that had plagued them all that game. And a turnover on offense basically got the Jets back in and the Jets ended up winning. Bengals were in a similar situation in this game. And instead of, like you said, not instead of blowing it, um, the Bengals continued to capitalize on just a terrible day by both the Raiders' yeah. offense and defense. Um, Raiders' defense, it lived off that pass rush that limited what the Bengals could do offensively, but I think their commitment to the run game helped them close out this game, and that commitment was aided by the fact that the Bengals' defense came to play and had, I think, their best tackling day of the season against an offense that in the first at least seven weeks of the season was really good. But, I mean, there are major issues with Las Vegas right now, and that is not a team that the Bengals could afford to lose and especially blow a late lead like that and expect to stay in the playoff race. So an ugly win looks like a really good win on paper, but an ugly win, but a win that they had to have based off of how that opponent played and based off what they still have to do in the next seven games. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned how much I love the secondary's performance, you know, holding Derek Carr and the, the passing. I mean, the, the tight end, we've had always had problems with tight ends, uh, Darren Waller. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think it, you, I didn't, uh, the fact that you think it was their best tackling game, that's a big deal for me. It's a very big but, deal. I mean, the, number, the numbers back that up. And even yeah. if, like, Waller didn't find the end zone, he was still really good up the middle of the field. And I think the only touchdown from the Raiders was a tight end in one-on-one coverage against Logan Wilson, who had a really bad day and has had like a bad stretch of three games now. So that's yeah. a little bit concerning, but yeah, like the same things that have plagued the Bengals in terms of tight end production, that was a factor in this game. It's yeah. just that the Raiders, they don't have a lot of explosive options at receiver right now. And Derek Carr looks like a shell of the, of the version of himself that he was in the first seven weeks. So, you know, that was a factor that, Going into the game, it made the it made this matchup interesting because Carr had been productive this season, but even when Joe Burrow didn't play very well, Derek Carr didn't play very well either. So both those things kind of canceled each other out, and then the Bengals eventually found success in the running game and with their offensive line late in the game. And it's it's great that the Bengals found a way to win despite a lackluster performance from their quarterback, and that's going to be important when they're playing in these games late in the season and maybe. You know, there are going to be other circumstances that make these games kind of ugly and to find ways to win among other things besides just a, a solid passing game. I think yeah. that's important. I do too. And speaking of ugly, can we go to the next topic? I want to talk about the Steelers and their entire roster. And uh, John, you were saying ugly games and we're, tradi- we're, we're used to the AFC North being this ugly, brutal, you know, kind of uh, bloodied, uh, bruising uh, you know, bone crunching kind of games, but the Steelers' defense is not what it was. You know, our defense has has had tackling issues. We make the big plays, we get some sacks, but we've been giving up points and yards, right? I mean, uh, it, you know, the Raiders were a mess, but I mean, you look at the the Jets and the Browns, and you know, it's, it's all kind of like the the defense is showing its true colors. Let's say 
And uh, the Steelers just gave up what forty-one points or something to the Chargers. I mean, they had no one. They had no one healthy. They had T.J. Watt out. They Minka Fitzpatrick out. They've had a bunch of injuries along the along the defensive line. I think they're going to get most, if not all, of those players back. So it's going to be a better defense than what we saw on Sunday night against the Chargers, and it's going to be better and more prepared than what the Bengals went up against in Week Three. But at the same time, like again, it's not that same defense that we're used to. And in the no. past, that has led to some ugly games and some chippy games and whatnot. But even in week three, like that was the cleanest game that the Bengals have ever played against the Steelers in recent memory. They beat them by 14 points. They were dominant defensively, and they had explosive plays on offense. And I think that's going to be another factor in sustaining that success, getting that explosive factor back into their offensive attack against the defense that is still kind of reeling right now, even with the returns of some of those guys. Like, they still played against Mika Fitzpatrick back in Week 3, and he was basically a non-factor in that game. It's going to be how they adjust their protection plan by dealing with D- with TJ Watt, who they didn't have to play against in Week 3. He can make a big difference. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, making a big difference, and you talked about TJ Watt, we don't know if he's going to be back. But, John, I want to go to Along the Lines and uh, talk about Cameron Haywood, who kind of... This guy. I mean, here's the thing, John. Okay. I, I'm i a Bengals fan. So, obviously, I think the Steelers are dirty. So, so a lot of people like think, okay, he's biased. So, I want the fans and the viewers on Brinks.tv and on you know Fox News or wherever else this is being broadcast, I want them to honestly and objectively... Watch the tape and tell me if you think this man should have been suspended. Because I think he should have, John. And just just look closely at the video. Courtney, do you have that anywhere available? Because, okay. Yes, there's Herbert. Yeah, He's running. Good. Oh, see, yep. See, that is a dirty play. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. However, you want to spin it. I'm not a football expert, but I don't see how he doesn't get suspended. John. Maybe maybe Cam Hayward's just a cinema buff and he wanted to recreate a, a famous movie back in the back in the nineties. Maybe. Um, maybe. But Cam Hayward has aside from Troy Palomalu, he's been the stealer that I've I don't want to say enjoyed, but disliked the least because he's a great guy off the field and he's a fantastic player. But to see what he did, it was so confusing, first of all. And tell tell no, them what he did, by the way, John, because I don't know. Some people, maybe the video wasn't clear for them. It, it was bizarre. It was Justin Herbert was running for the first down, and Cam Hayward ended up on top of him. And there was a charger that saw this guy on top of his quarterback, and I think he might have said something or provoked him to get off. And then Hayward kind of jumped up, shoved the, the charger next to Herbert, and then proceeded to look back down at Herbert, who he was still on top of, and then just shove him into the ground. And He, he punched him. Eh, it was a bad punch. punch or not. He, that was it, it was yeah. a, it was a bad punch. It was a very it was actually Steelers supposed to be a punch. punch. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. But again, I I don't understand the reason why he did that. And obviously, it should have been flagged. Like that that that's just not John. smart or allowed. Hold on. What? We're talking about a coach who tried to trip a return man. No, I know, I know, I know. But they're always they. That is their attitude. It is kind of like okay, the Patriots. It's more about schematically cheating for the for the the Steelers it's like getting the physical edge cheating it is it is part of how they win right it was just weird because, cats, yeah yeah go ahead but 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 
the, these were usually usual suspects. We, we've seen this type of behavior from specific individuals who wear that jersey. Cam Hayward has always been not really involved in that part of the conversation. So to see that player do something uh, along those lines, those antics, I think it does it rubs speak off on to you that culture. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like, you know, it is like, like, like Hoji, right? I mean, he's been on the show so long that, you know, for Thanksgiving, I, I normally I have turkey with, you know, like, uh, let's say beef studded mashed potatoes. Like I like to get meat in all of the different items, but Hoji has rubbed off on me and now I'm just kind of weaker. And that is why I'm, I'm lower in energy. If you notice, I'm very low energy because I've cut out a lot of the meats. But yeah, I get what you're saying, John. But no, I think the Steeler Vey, it, it really rubs off on them after a while. But let us let us go to, and actually, I think the good ones get away, you know, like uh, Emmanuel Sanders. One of he was a he's a good guy, you know. He ran away. Let's go to QB matchup. And uh, so you have Joe Burrow versus Ben Roethlisberger, who, whatever you may think of his physical limitations, he's a still he's a still getting it done to some degree. You know, I mean, he's still, he's still, you know, keeping that offense. Is, is he channeling power from like an unknown and illegal source? Like, is he one of those witches who like keeps like old people like in their basement and kind of sucks their their energy from their life force to make him somewhat of a, a manageable quarterback? Because I don't know how he's still making some of these throws. Honestly, every time I yeah. think he's gonna throw his last forty yard pass, he somehow makes another one. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like Brett Favre. I mean, you remember Brett Favre, I mean, towards the end, it's like when you have such a big arm, you know, you can be out of shape and, and you know, be just a very, like a big mess. You can look like a mashed potato. That is what he looks like at this point. But, you know, you can still get it done, you know? And, and it's not like he's like playing well right now, but it, no. it's weird. No, no it, it's because last year he was coming off of an elbow injury and he looked somewhat decent in the beginning of 2020 and then he completely fell off the cliff and then this year it was bad in the beginning and now it's a little bit better than it was but it's still not enough where you can say hey yeah you should be scared of, of this offense for sure yeah yeah but I mean look it's like you know it's like the whole kind of culture and the offense and everything the receivers they kind of build that team around him you know they get the guys who he can kind of improvise with, and, and it still works. You know, the offense isn't the problem so much this year. So, but I mean, look, Joe Burrow is going to have to get back. Like, they had a dynamite game against the Steelers the first time this season. You know, Jamar Chase had some really nifty catches. So we're going to need them to put up points. And that takes me to predictions. And John... I want you to dig deep, okay? Because last, I, th- I feel like last week, I feel like last week, John, you were, you were a little scared. You're a little scared about predicting the Bengals because they had hurt you. It's okay, John. You can, you can tell me. You can open up. But they hurt you two weeks in a row. Three weeks. The bye week, they did nothing. Absolutely nothing. So three weeks in a row, they crushed your spirits, and you were afraid to pick them to win. But this is the Steelers, John. And the Bengals just had a, a well-rounded win. They put it all together. They're not, they're not afraid of anybody. Yes, he will. Drake Holly, old friend of the show, he asked if Chase is going to win the Rookie of the Year. 
Yes, he will ultimately. He's going to catch fire again late in the season. But John, tell me, tell me what do you think is going to happen, and who's the player of the game? I, I must address, like, if my nickname is to be the brain, like, yes. not not just it's logic. relative to us, to me and Jose. not just logic is stored in the brain, but also it's emotions. People think that like the heart is where you get all of like your, your feels, but it's actually it's it's neurological. It comes from your brain. The Bengals didn't hurt me. I'm not hurt by anything that the Bengals do. The Bengals hurt themselves by the way that they played against the Jets and the Browns and their recent history coming off of bye weeks. That is all the logic and rationale that led me to believe that they would struggle against a team that could really rush the passer and a team earlier in the season was good passing the ball in the Raiders. That is why I expected the Bengals to lose that game. There is also logic in picking against the Bengals this week because if they have TJ Watt back, like that was a huge difference in the Bengals' Week 3 victory the fact that Joe Burrow didn't get sacked against the Steelers pass rush that didn't have Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt and Jamar Chase had a really good game in that game, it, it led to how that game turned out to be. I don't know if that if, if that same effectiveness is going to be seen there with the return of Y, with the return of Joe Hayden, and with Jamar Chase not playing his best in, in recent weeks. So this game, I think, should be a lot closer. The Steelers usually play the Bengals pretty well in Cincinnati, but at the same time, I look at how this rivalry has played out in the last two games. I don't think the Bengals are scared of the history of this rivalry. I didn't think this back in week three, and I certainly don't think this back now. I think you're going to get a better Steelers performance in this game because they're also going to be thinking about how they how the Bengals basically made them quit in that fourth quarter, and that is 100% a fact. Tyler Boyd is correct about that. But, you know, the Bengals aren't scared. And the Bengals are starting to catch yeah. their footing a little bit. They're starting to gain more They're the confidence. better team. They're the better yeah, team. And, and I think that is what, despite the improvements that TJ Watt can make to that pass rush, Joe Burrow's going to have some struggles with that. I still think the Bengals come out on top here by a score of like 23 to 20. And who's your, who's your player of the game, Jen? Player of the game? I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Joe Burrow, actually. Yeah. I like it. I, I think I he overcomes it. some pass rushing struggles. Uh, I think he goes another week without throwing an interception. It's not going to be a great game, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of great games, great performances in this game. I think Burrow's going to play yeah. well enough, though, to win. I love it. I love it. John, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to give it to you straight. You know, I, I give you it's nothing but fair and balanced predictions. And I think it's going to be a barn burner. Do you know what? Are you familiar with the term, John? It's good. I'm familiar with what the term means. Yeah. I'm, I it's don't an absolute barn familiar. burner. No, it's okay. a barn. It's going to be a barn burner, and it's you know the Bengals. But the Bengals look. I, I I really do think that they will be able to pull it out. Yes, Rick. Basically, you nailed it. It is going to be thirty-seven to twenty-one. That is what's going to happen. It's going so to be what is the barn 21. here? Like, is the barn just burning alive? No. Like the Steelers' faith or like no, what, no, no, what's no, happening? No, 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 no. After the Bengals win, the people in Pittsburgh will go home to their barns and burn them out down out of frustration. That is what the barn burner means. So, yes, the Bengals are going to win by 16. And I think it's going to – I think Jamar Chase is going to hurt them again. I think it's going to be Jamar Chase again who hurts them. Uh, yes, they will win by two touchdowns. I would say they will win by two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. That is my prediction. But, John, you know, it's a very special time for people. It's a family time. It is. And, uh, you know, 
people, I, you know, I, I like I like the fact that people can be open about their lifestyles. People can love whoever they want. And and me personally, my family is Courtney. Could we get the? Uh, yes, my family is my money, John, and I want to spend this time with my money the way that you and the people out there want to spend the time with their loved ones. The problem is, John, we don't have any money. We don't have any people giving us money. We have to, John. Look, we. I mean, I I went out. I went out to Kroger. You see my my shopping bag right there. And all I could afford was literally peanuts. I couldn't even get the whole bag. I had to basically there was an already open pack, and I was like, but that that's the struggle I go through, John. That's the struggle we go through to keep this show afloat. But if you love this show and you want to see Dr. Hoji Director Gasmoji back and better than ever before with the microphone, just in time for the holiday season, you can patronize us. Be patronizing towards us. I don't know, Courtney, I don't know what the term is. Treat us patronizingly. You can do all of those things. And uh, we, yeah, and we will give back to the community with these takes. And we will obviously, you know, we are going to keep this show going until Mike Brown forces us to take it off the air. We've been close a few times, but he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't had the legal counsel, uh, you know, sufficient. So, John, that is all I have. But remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave a comment, give a thumbs up, turn on notifications, go to the Bengals, number one Bengals podcast on all the different podcast forums. We're on the Believe Podcast Network. Leave a five-star review. Subscribe. Follow John on Twitter. Read his articles on CincyJungle.com. And for John Sheeran, I'm Daddy McTook. That is all we have. We'll see you next time. So long, SVT. Pies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.